about the Messi thing? Anything else on the Messi front, Chris, before we move on? No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm falling out. I told you. I never want to bring this guy's name up again. I don't know, man. This Messi thing is just a freaking mess. What a disaster. I want to hear this name ever again until it's official. But they got me back. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 71 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada, and alongside me, as always, is Mr. KBD. How are you doing, sir? I'm not happy, man. I'm not happy. I don't like this. (laughs) We're freaking losers, bro. We're not losers. We haven't lost in like 14 days. That that game definitely felt like it it felt like a big loss. Yes, uh, a draw numbers. usually f- can feel a little better than that. That didn't feel like necessarily a, a great draw, but we're going to get into that and a lot more. Uh, and we have a special guest, somebody that we've been talking to on and off, trying to get on, and then sometimes he can't because he works, sometimes he can. Finally got him. And uh, without further ado, let's bring on my main man, Austin, from the... Oh, man, where'd you go, Austin? There you are. My man, Austin, from the... Let's see, you are, um, I was about to say battered herons from um, Heron Outlet. There we go. I'm sorry. Heron Outlet. And you got Messi and company. You get doing a bunch of stuff. How you doing, sir? Good, good. Finally, uh, finally able to make it. Oh, my God. That's great. That's great. Um, no, I'm super, super excited. I'm, I'm glad I was able to make it on. Uh, I think you guys are doing amazing stuff with the consistency that you guys are pumping out episodes and everything like that. And I've been a fan, obviously, for a while watching you guys and buying your merch as well. You guys do a great job with That's that. Nice. So thank uh, you. Thank you. To be on, I really, really uh, look up to you guys and um, I can't wait to get this conversation going. Yeah, man, you, you're you're one of the the OGs of people that at least me personally that I was following with uh, with Inter Miami. So I've been following you for a while, and um, I had a question before we get started. Sure. Obviously, you're in the post game press conferences and all that other stuff, and it's all fun and dandy up until now. But what is one? Has it looked different since the Messi announcement? And if it hasn't, what are you expecting in the coming week or two? Oh no, it, it's looked it's looked different, Danny. It's, oh, it's already it's looked, looked different. different. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I was talking with Chris before the show um, with the Tata Martino introductory press conference before he was even the coach when he was just being named the coach. Um, that training day was just insane. I mean, there was a you know a barricade barricade there they had metal detectors as well and also wristbands for entry that was never a thing it was kind of just you show up you say what's up to the comms team and you walk into the park and and you watch training and then you you sit sit back over and and go to the press room and then you do the the press conference blah 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 with tata martino there it was like you know seven news cameras 50 people outside and going into the press conference i mean there was a two-hour wait that we had to go through sitting in the press conference room completely full after the, the access to training yeah so it was it was a 9 30 it was like a 9 15 to 9 30 access and then the press conference wasn't until 11 30 that thursday and so there's you know a ton of press just waiting in the press room all the news channel cameras are lined up it's the most i've never even seen one at a training before maybe once or twice there was like right. seven or eight and i'm sure for they must have been some right some 
some, but by the time he was falling off, nobody was interested in the team. Nobody was interested in covering yeah. the team. Not yeah, Channel 7, not sense. Channel 4. Like, none of the local channels were really interested in covering the team when they weren't doing well. When it got to the playoffs, sure. But after that, or before that, and after that, it was almost nothing. So it, it's it's been a crazy turnaround. I didn't get to go today, um, but I can imagine what that was like. I know Michelle Kaufman you know, alluded to it a little bit and so I won't be able metal to... detectors. Yeah, no, it's, it's nuts. And it, I mean, I guess it makes sense. The coverage is going to be at an all time high, but the fact that it wasn't like this, you know, I guess when Phil Neville was first introduced is a little bit crazy, but he also didn't have a marquee signing like, you know, Messi. So it was a little different, right. um, but yeah, there's a huge change and I'm actually expecting it to be elevated to a whole other level, you know, come the unveil. Well, I'm expecting the same. I'm, I, I know it's, like we were talking about those two games, Jan- July 1st and July 4th, the last two normal games you'll ever see at Drive Pink Stadium because if everything goes according to plan, Messi should be opening up Freedom Park. So Drive Pink Stadium from July 4th on will never be the same. So The only, the only thing that I could think of that Drive Pink Stadium will host a normal match is, <laughs> at least under the Inter-Miami organization, is the second team. Like, other than that, okay. you are not, yeah, you're but- not going to get what we used to have. You're not going to get 11, 12,000 people, you know, getting to parking whenever you want, walking in and having freedom. Like that's, that's gone. For anybody who wants that kind of freedom again at an inter Miami game, that's completely gone. You'll get it for a second team game. And if down the line, they do end up, you know, having some kind of women's team in one of the women's leagues in America, they might play there, but I, I don't think you'll ever have anything like that ever again. I, there's a comment here from Mike V that says bandwagon city boys. <laughs> I, yes, there's going to be a lot of bandwagon fans. Do you have an opinion on that? Because I don't mind it. I don't, I don't see why. You I think would. it's great. I think I, it's so great I. that, that we're going to get all of these new fans. I mean, I, I was a new fan just a, a year and a half, two years ago. And I think it's great for people to be invested into this league and, Obviously, everyone's want, everyone wants this league to excel, to grow. And, I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I don't see a problem with it. I mean, it, it's it's natural. It's going to happen, and you're getting the best player in the world. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it as much as you can. Don't try and be the, I'm the OG. I've been here since day one. Enjoy it with all these people because they're all here to support. Have fun. My hope yeah, is man. that we have some of them stick around after Messi's gone. Indeed. Uh, and to Esteban Dito, I've heard that within the next 24 hours, you're going to be, re- if you're a season ticket holder, you'll be receiving an email in which you can RSVP for your season tickets. Now, I asked if you're going to be able to get an additional maybe ticket or two if you're already a season ticket holder, like they've done for other season ticket uh, events, but I did not get a response. But yes, within the next 24 hours, you should receive an RSVP email where you can RSVP and get your seats for Sunday. I can add to this. I think that it's also going to be free. Don't quote me on that, but I think it is going to be free for season ticket holders. Or season ticket holders, it is. It should be. Yeah, it should be free. And there was, I think, possible discussion of getting two tickets per extra per account. But again, don't quote me. There's some speculation behind that. Uh, Just yeah, Yeah. keep an eye on email. That would be awesome because I I I want to take my kids. So that would be awesome if they do that. Yeah, that's Um, for sure. Parking probably won't be free though. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um. So. I guess let's get into the to the good stuff. This past Saturday, Austin, we went a full half season without one draw. If you watch the sister, you know Chris refers to this as kissing sisters. We didn't kiss sisters for a full half year. All of a sudden, three games in a row, and we're straight making out with them. Like that's that's just all we do now. Yes. Just three draws, bang, bang, bang. 
But before what was who was it? Austin. Before the Austin game, we had four games left. And Chris and I said, if we can get one win, which would give us three points in the last four games, we'll feel decent. Not great, but decent about our chances. But we need to get at least three points. We need one win. We didn't get that win, but we ended up getting three points anyway. So I'm feeling okay right now. So before and we get into the game, how are you feeling about three draws, three consecutive draws? Um, you know, I think it's a positive sign, especially considering the context of the situation and who's playing on the pitch, because I, I'm sure we'll get into it later, so I won't talk too much on it now. But who who would have thought six homegrowns would, would get a draw in D.C.? That's that's kind of my thing. So I look at that as an absolute positive. Getting three points, you know, is huge. It's better than what they were doing seven games prior in the league. Uh, so I love that. And there's still one more game before we return to MLS uh, with Inter with with uh, Messi for Inter Miami. So the game in St. Louis will be a tough one. However, an opportunity to get double what you just got and you know exceed expectations could be huge. And you also have a couple games in hand on Toronto above. Um and you know with a couple of wins you're you're looming outside of ninth and tenth. Uh not too bad. So it could be a lot worse situation. I don't think it's gonna be easy, but yeah. And 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 we can get into the playoff thing in a little bit, but just having 18 points is rough. We do have a couple games in hand. And I think one thing that a lot of people aren't considering is the fact that the last 12 games that we play when mess after Messi arrives, I think like seven of them are against Eastern Conference teams that are ranked between ninth and 14th. Wow. So we can start hopping people eventually if we start winning those games because we win, they lose. We, we you know, we start gaining ground on that. Yeah. And I think we're only about like nine, 10 points behind eight. what I want to say eight, eight, eight. Yeah. yeah about eight, points. eight, nine points. I haven't looked at it exactly, but I mean, hey, that's not that far. We're just a, a couple good games away and a couple bad from, of course, the teams above us. Um, I, I mean, look, I, we, we spoke a little bit, Danny, and we're going to get a little bit more into details. But before I do, I want to I want to shout out Daniel Rubio. Um, thanks for catching us live. Finally, man, uh, we definitely appreciate the the kind words. And then also uh, throw a mention out to Steve Don Cafecito. Oh, uh, where's he been? I some, haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Giving you some love. Austin. Thank you, Steve. And but I want to talk a little bit about the game. So here we have right the starting lineup was I think it was uh, all right. So we got calendar. We got the defenders, Alan Kristoff and, and Frey. Um, I mean, if you want to consider Taylor and, and Kramaski uh, defenders, I guess we'll do that. They're mostly midfielders they were, or whatever. They were, they were the wingbacks. Yeah. I mean, left Kramaski mid wing. Quick, yeah. Yeah. No, he moved. After yeah. Because, went down. Yeah. 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 Exactly, yeah. And then so we had Arroyo and Ruiz, Pizarro over on the left. We had Stefanelli over on the right. And then uh, Joseph Martinez starting up top. So there was what, Danny? Two goals against two goals. We tied like idiots, right? <laughs> so uh, the first goal from our side came from Kamaski, which was a complete blaster, right? After that, we had uh, Dirtbag Taxi score a goal, which... Uh, I want to get into taxi a little bit well, later. Can, but... can, well, can, since you're talking about his goal, can we talk about his goal celebration real quick? But that's I, that's what I wanted to talk about. I just didn't know. Okay, if we so wanted go for to it. Tread no, yeah, into go, those waters. go for it because I, I don't want to. I don't want to have take the chance of not covering it. Was there a more tasteless celebration? Because I'm usually that scumbag that enjoys my players or opposing players talking shit. I love it. I think it's hilarious. But when you are mocking somebody. 
for complaining that she used racial slurs against them. And you admitted it. And you just said that you didn't understand what it meant, whether we believe that or not, which I don't. So what you're saying is that you said it. Like, there's no denying that. And then he's mocking the fact that they made a big deal about it. Like, I, that That is like another level of like, Despicable, yeah, man, and well, that, that, re- that really pissed me. And they're on the field, like, I usually don't get pissed off by a player, but that really, like, it ticked me off. Like, it was, come on, man, not to well, mention. Well, first, let me get your thoughts on uh, Austin because I'm about to take over for like two yeah, three minutes after which that, I'm <laughs> excited to hear. But let me just say this not only is it like the lowest of the low, this guy tied at home, like, his it was a tying goal at home, and he's doing all of that. Like, th- that for me was like the cherry on top. I, and you know, I, I will let you go on about you know th- how tasteless it actually was because I, I had my thoughts on it last year, and I, I did a whole Twitter thread on it when it happened, and it was just a despicable situation. And I don't understand how he's still in the league, it doesn't make any sense to me because the MLS investigation said, Oh, we're not telling you that it's not true, but you know can't do much about it because we don't have any recording sorry which is just insane to me but i'm just gonna let it go um i i mean if yedlin was there mabika was there or, or oh, damien low can, can you imagine the difference of those three guys were there oh, i mean sure. ian frey ian frey did i a thought lot. Ian frey was giving it to him though he absolutely was and that was 100 100 with that backing uh but i thought it was extremely sad tasteless low and the fact that he did it with a tying goal at home to a bottom team in MLS is just even more sad. So F that guy. And, and PM, just so you know, we're talking about uh, uh taxi Funtas uh, dirtbag face. Uh, he's the, the, the striker for DC United, which also had some controversial, uh, I guess, conduct last year. You know, the, the issue that I have is so last year he was what, like it was like a slap on the wrist for him. And this year, right, you you anticipate that this matchup is going to be a little testy. Um, but I felt like just like what Danny said, it was very it was very shameful. The celebration that he had super uncalled for. You're talking about a tying goal where it's like typically you run into the goal, you grab the ball, run straight to the half field and let's keep the ball rolling. Let's keep the game going. But the fact that he actually went and did the crying sort of thing. That is so disrespectful, but on so many levels that it's crazy that the MLS hasn't done anything at at this point, haven't mentioned anything, haven't stated anything. And the fact that he did that and MLS hasn't even said a word, that to me is the highest. Well, because what what he did this past game isn't necessarily breaking the rules or anything. It's just poor taste. No, it isn't. And and people probably listening are probably like, wow, these guys are a bunch of crybabies. It's not that serious. And you're probably right. Maybe it isn't that serious. I just think that what it's based on, I think, was the tasteless part, right? Because not only is it an accusation, he said he did it. He just said that he didn't understand. So if you don't understand and you feel sorry, you don't give that celebration. I felt like giving that celebration when no one was like, you know, F you, nothing happened to me, and you keep He's crying about fuel it. to the fire. So I, I just thought it was tasteless, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I did think it was tasteless and that we should address it, even if it was just for us uh, a little bit. I hope Wayne ahead, Rooney please. ripped into him. I, I absolutely hope Wayne Rooney ripped into him. Wayne Rooney celebrate. pulled him from the game last year. Right, he did. But, like, imagine as a coach you see your player doing that for a tying goal in the 70th minute in a home match within the league. Like, you deserve That's 100% wild. to be ripped into by your coach and for a coach that – you know, for Wayne Rooney, I think, you know, pulling him off was the right thing. So it kind of, you know, speaks to his moral values. Uh, I hope he absolutely just ripped into him and destroyed him. But 
who knows how that organization is going right now. Yeah, that's a, that's another deal. So uh, he ties it up. After that, we have uh, Noah Allen. Finally, our boy Danny. They freed him, and he ended up slamming a banger from a set piece. By the way, I it guess wasn't on purpose. You, if you want to call it that, I mean, I'll it give, was, I hey, give him all the credit know, in the I world. Mean, but I... It had a little bit of curl into that dang chicken wang. I mean, come on, yeah. man. Yeah, somebody was supposed to put their foot on it, but I mean, it worked and, out. But you can't tell me that was a shot. And then you had the final goal, which was, what was it? I think it was like Ben Take It. No, it wasn't Ben Take It. It was like uh, the the crazy part about the second goal Roberta, that DC United Roberta. scored. It was, I think it was from the two substitutions. You had Ruan that came in, crossed it over to the was- other guy who was a substitution who just basically slid right right into the goal. And yeah, Dan, that, you know that was That was the first time he touched the ball. He had just come into the game. Yeah. That was so. I mean, that, but, there's the game. There was your starting how, lineup. But how many games have we given up goals that way, where everybody kind of crashes to the the front of the post and leaves the back post open? And it's just, I feel like that's been the mo all season long. Those back post goals, where it's like they, they're completely unmarked, and it's just an easy little tapping goal, and it's really frustrating. There was a there was an opposing team manager, I believe. It was Chicago. I think it was Ezra Hendrickson at the time who came out and said it. it so MLS and Apple oh, TV yes. used to have he, they used to have where you had to speak with the opposing team manager, the away team manager first, and then you speak with the home team. Press didn't like that, but nonetheless, Ezra Hendrickson spoke about this exact situation about how he watched the Toronto match and how the back post was left open multiple times. I think they had just come back home from the New York City and Toronto game to play Chicago at home early on this year. And then yep. Phil Neville was pissed off about it, but Ezra Hendrickson was completely right. And that has been a problem with this team from the first part of this season and something that has to be addressed, especially if you're playing a five at the back and your wingbacks can't you know, control this consolidated defensive formation. You have issues 100%. And ever since then, it's been highlighted and exposed and exploited, and Miami have not had it under control. And Phil Neville came on right after they talked to the coach, Chicago coach, and said that it was bullshit that he said that. And he, Phil Neville was wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, what up? Joe Shaw is on here. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to the Miami Fusion podcast already, go ahead for you old heads or even people that want to just know what MLS team we had for a solid four seasons before we won the Supporter Shield and somehow ended up losing the team anyway. October 6th, they're going to have an event where they have a bunch of uh, people. I think it's going to be... Uh, um, a live podcast where they have uh, a bunch of people from Miami Fusion coming in and talking. So watch out for that October 6th. Listen, he got a jersey. He got a Fusion jersey that's fire. I yeah, need to hit him kit. up and see how he got that. I need to see how he got that because I've been looking around and they're uh, hard to find. You know, Joe Shaw's big time. You can't get what Joe Shaw gets. Yeah, yeah. No, Joe Shaw, don't big time us, Shaw. <laughs> let us know if you find. Let us, the, the, give us the plug, baby. All right. So, Chris. Saturday, you said you were unhappy with another draw. Going into Super. this, I thought if we got a draw, I would be okay. I wanted to win, obviously, but we needed points. We need points. So I'm okay with the draw, especially given the fact that we're playing with nobody. So, Chris, you aren't satisfied with the fact that we got the draw? No, man. I mean, that kind of game, like we had that in the bag. We had Here that we in go. the bag. Yes, yes, we yes, did have right. that in the you're bag, right. man. Yes, we had that in the bag. Like, you had two slip-ups on defense, right? You know what the sad part about this whole thing is? Is that the two goals that we had 
were brilliance from our young players. And the two slip-ups that we had on defense were bad plays from some younger players. Now, I mean, one of them could be debatable on whether it was Kristoff or not, but for the most part, we're talking about a, a, a really a really great performance by some of the young players that would have been better if we had the win. If we would have just played a little bit better on defense or at least not slipped up and given up the first goal to Taxi, then I think we would have walked away with a win. I mean, what do you what do you think, Austin? Um, you know, I kind of I don't have a necessarily differing opinion, but I, I don't think that Miami deserved a win in this one. Like, I don't think that they played well enough to deserve a win. Drake Calendar stood on his head. Uh, I think that that's oh, really going like I always. mean, I, I, like always, right? But th- this was seven saves. Like, you know, he had three and four, and there'll be some really good ones, but he had seven saves in this one, and I can count. You know, he had nine shots on target. Which is which is a lot to give up, and I think there was a lot of times where they were breaking through in space, in stride, with the ball mm-hmm. at their feet, going towards the eighteen, where Drake had to come out and, and make a play. And if it wasn't for him, I think yeah. the scoreline could have been a lot worse. I'm so happy for the young kids to to come out and, and you know score those spectacular goals. But it just reminds me of like those first two games in the season. No more relying on individual brilliance to get lucky and get a result. Like you're not, it's not successful. It's not sustainable. If Drake Calendar is having to do this and you're waiting for a free kick goal from your 18 year old left back in a curling shot from the top of the 18 to get a draw, especially, I mean, it was away from home. So I'll give him some credit. But I think the defense has to step up. And I think the biggest problem for me is where the lines are playing in terms of their position, like, their positioning, but the space between each other, the midfield line and the defensive line, there's way too much space for them, for any opposing team to get in, in between. And that's where everything starts to transition terribly for Miami because the other team gets in transition and you have, you're playing catch up the entire time. And that's where the biggest yes. issue is. What do you, what do you think, Danny? What, what kind of, what kind of stuff are you going to start spewing out of here? <laughs> I like much like Austin said, I didn't think we deserved to win. I thought it was heartbreaking that we took the lead twice yeah. and we let them get back in, right? Because when you get a draw, you know, it's, it's a back and forth. You get the draw, it's whatever. But we felt like we took the lead, they tied, and then we took the lead again. At that point, it's like almost the 17th minute. You're like, okay, let's hold on for 20 minutes, you know, uh, uh, park the bus, as they say, and let's just go home with this W. We need these three points. And to give up the lead that quickly, I think it was less than 10 minutes later, it was really brutal. But... If you tell me before the game that we end up with a draw, I'm happy. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm good. Uh, looking back overall, we got the three points that we wanted in the last four games. Now, hopefully, we can get a result against St. Louis. But overall, I'm happy. And, and then when you take into account the fact that we're doing this with, with a bare-bones team. Like, I understand that everybody's really hyped about the kids, and we're going to talk about them in a, in a second. But when the season started... What was our starting 11? Or maybe not our starting 11, but th- players that we were counting No, I'll on. tell you. I'll tell we're you because on. I just – I literally saved – I literally saved that just in case for your clown question that you just have right now. I saved it because I have images okay. of it. So our okay. starting 11 was Martinez up top, Pizarro and Stefanelli out on the sides. Uh, you had midfield um, – uh, wait, hold on. Is that – Mota, is that? Gregory. No. no, no, no. Wait, I'm sorry. Jeez, Luis. Well, don't worry about it. I'll go off of memory. So McVeigh is no longer with us. Negri, no longer with us. Yedlin at the moment, not with us. 
Mota, not with us. Gregory, not with us. Stefanelli played for 20 minutes. Who else am I forgetting? Uh, uh, Coco. I think might... Coco is not with us. That's seven players that we were supposed to count on that aren't on the field right now. Like, And then you add to the fact that we shipped off Bryce Duke. We shipped off uh, uh, Lasseter. Here's the, here's like, the, there's a starting this, lineup. This team has gone through a crazy transformation, and it's been such a slow turnaround that we haven't even realized that this is like a brand new team we're looking at. But it's happened in such a slow like process that it, like I, I didn't even realize. We're looking at a completely different team right now, and that's without Messi and Busquets and Alba joining the team. We're talking. We're talking about right now. Before those acquisitions, yeah. we're looking at a completely different team. And it's. I don't want to say that it's it's worse, or not for the better, but I mean it's a bunch of young kids. So I understand why they went on the losing streak. Oh no, I take that back. I don't understand that, but I understand why everybody's satisfied that now we're playing a little better and drawing instead of losing, because it is progress. Because we played like crap, and there's been a large turnover. So I think these three draws, although I think Austin could have been a win, and I thought that yesterday should have been a win, or I'm sorry, Saturday, I, I, I'm looking at it as a three positive results. So I am not necessarily upset about it like your dumbasses. Listen, uh, we have here Sean stating the obvious. The kids are the future of this club. Blech, I guess. Whatever. Right? Like That's like obvious statement numero uno. Right, but I mean, are we gonna have the kids' conversation, Danny, or what? Because I'm not happy with it. I'm not happy with this. Let me prepare everybody listening, though. Chris, for some reason, hates these guys. No, I (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) I'm gonna prepare everybody just so you know. Do you want to hear? If you're ready to hear somebody just talk nonsense, prepare yourself because Chris, for some reason, hates these guys. I don't hate the kids. Okay, I don't hate them. I just feel like everybody's gassed. No, because I, I, I like a couple of them. Um, but you know what? You know what, Sean? Get out of here. Get out. Okay? Walk yourself out of here. So all let's right, talk so, a little bit about the kids, Danny. All right. If so let's talk about the kids. If Can we talk about for, who they were first? Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Had, get, a, give them a backstory and let everybody get invested <laughs> into these kids. And we had you know, we whatever. had six homegrown players. First MLS team to have six homegrown players on the field at the same time, which is an accomplishment in itself because it's not a throwaway game. It's not the last game of the season. It doesn't count for anything. We are in a playoff race, and we trusted these six kids to come out and provide us with a result, and they did just that. So we had. That's all we had, bro. That's all we had, bro. Oh, oh. But, what are we doing? But, what are we, come on. Okay, but yes, yes, you're, you're right. That That's who we have on the roster at the moment. But we haven't signed anybody else because we trust these kids. And Boltwright just got brought up yesterday because we needed him, but but he was on the roster. Like, we feel like we've developed these kids enough where we can put them into the games. So we had these six kids. And I, for the most part, I think they all played well. Obviously, Benja and Noah stand out because they scored a goal. I mean, obvious, right? But Noah, I think, has done – he's playing left center back. He's a left back, left wing back, left center back. That, that doesn't even sound right. He's a small kid. But I thought he played great. When, when Christoph would drop off and press on somebody down the right flank, Noah wouldn't help him out. He would drop back to cover in the center where Christoph just left open. Like, I thought that he was playing – I'm not going to say he was playing – the greatest center back of all time but for somebody that's 18 19 years old i thought he was doing a great job i think he, the, the mental game is there and he's just going to get better so i love what i saw out of noah 
Benjamin's always looked good. I thought he looked better than he did the week before playing right wing back. Uh, Boltwright, Chris, I know hates, but I thought Boltwright did a good job defensively. As soon as he came on, he looked good. And I, I'm going to go on and on. I don't want to keep you know boring anybody to death. But I thought that the kids looked great. David Ruiz is aggressive. I love the way he kind of gets in people's faces. Ian Frey, I think, is the best of the bunch. So, Austin, I'll let you say what you your piece before Chris kind of just fills us with crap. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's hard to pick out the best. I will say that. I've been thinking about that for a while. I don't know. I, I think Ian Frey has the highest ceiling, uh, in my opinion. I think with all of his like technical ability on the ball and what he does as a defender has been really good. I think he got a little sloppy towards the end of the game there. But yeah, I, I could agree with Sean here. I think Frey could have a European move really, really quickly and early on in his career. Noah, in my opinion, had the best game of all of the young kids that game. Yeah. Uh, I, I do agree with Danny on that. I think his positional awareness at the back has improved massively since we first saw him get brought onto the team. Um, and to play in the center back role has been outstanding. He bodies people. He gets in the way of the ball. He cuts out passing lanes. He does really, really, really well. And his recovery his, and his recovery his pace, is, yeah. is good. He, he does not give up. I'm not again. He did not have a worldy game, no. but for an 18 year old kid playing next to, you know, an, an older aging center back that you have to cover for and you're going up with the, with the wing back. So there's a lot of space on space on both sides of you. 100 percent. It was great. This is something I want to address, though. Benjamin Koreshki started that game as a right wing back and there was. I, I hate that Miami have done this year after year after year. It doesn't matter who the coach is, who's in the front <laughs> office. Lewis Morgan, your best creator, was was dropped down right, to a wing back, back role. Yep. Same thing happened with Robert Taylor. He wasn't necessarily your best creator, but he was a creator on offense at the time. Dropped down Bryce to a wing Duke. back role. Bryce Duke, same thing. Chris McVay moved out from center back to left back, even though he had a little experience there. But he was a center back, brought in as a center back. And now when, when Benja was put there, I... I was not necessarily livid because I don't care that much, but I, I, I like to see him that he's on the pitch, but he should be playing number 10. I had a conversation with the old high school teammate literally hours before the game about Benja. And I said, this guy is a number 10. He wants to score goals. That's what he did in the Academy. He was creating plays and scoring goals. And he's even talked about that. That's what he wants to do. And to reduce him to that role, I think is outrageous. But as soon as he moves up the pitch, you can see why I, I believe this. Before we get to Chris, real quick on the Benja front, um, would you agree that the reason that they're moving him around is because Inter Miami plans on always having a DP for a number 10? So they know Benja has no future at 10 with the club. So they need him to get comfortable playing other positions and eventually find the home somewhere else because they know he has potential. They just need yeah. to find somewhere to, to play him from now on. I think that if that is the case, and it most likely is in a la Bryce Duke trade, um, mm -hmm. I think it would be beneficial for Benja to start looking and obviously wait for, for Messi. Enjoy Messi right. while he's here. He's an Argentinian American, but he deserves to be playing forward at 18 years old. Don't take a back seat. I don't care who it's to. And I will always believe this. Like, I, I don't think that, especially like Lewis Morgan, Robert Taylor, they're in their, you know, late mid twenties going on to thirties, having to play for a team. This is their cap is an MLS level player. That's their cap, right? For yeah, yeah. Benja it's I'm 18 years old. I have a future playing as a advanced playmaker. 
I need to play as an advanced playmaker. I don't want people and scouts to see me as a right wing back. I don't want the Argentinian national team or the U.S. men's national team, wherever he ends up choosing, to see me as a, as a wing back or as an eight or as in six, wherever he ends up playing. He needs to be playing forward. That's what he enjoys. That's what he's best at. And so I think that it would, you know, be beneficial for him to explore other options if that is the case. And it might be the case. I think you're 100% right on that. I could, I could see that for sure. All right, Chris, uh, what do you have to say about the kids? Well, so I talked about this in our last podcast. I love the fact that Ian Frey, as a defender, pushes the pace. He pushes the tempo up, right? Mm-hmm. It's not far-fetched to say that he's going to Europe in four years, okay? But his defense yesterday was not great, okay? I, I was literally, while you guys were talking, I'm listening, and at the same time, I'm trying to get screenshots of the game, because the first goal, number one, Boatwright is running behind the person that he's trying to defend, right? And then all of a sudden, Ian Frey gets caught out of position. So now you have Ian Frey caught out of position, and you have Boatwright running from behind, and then you have Noah Allen coming from the outside trying to come towards the middle. At that point, it's already a wrap. You have, you have, uh, you, you have the goal immediately. The second time that they scored a goal on us, You had Ian Frey that he had the opportunity to keep running to be able to stop the cross or at least try to be able to deflect it to the side. No, he doesn't do that. He falls behind. All of a sudden, that cross goes through, and it gets kicked into the goal. So defensive-wise, Ian Frey was a nightmare yesterday. So Uh, I I don't think it's far-fetched to say that. I mean, Boltwright, look, he's a young guy. He's learning. But and I don't know what it is with this whole Neville crap ever since Phil Neville got fired. But we're talking about Harvey Neville has experience playing way more than Boltwright. He pushes the pace more. And but and let me tell you, offensively, Boltwright, he looked kind of sexy. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. He's, he's so that's 17. one thing that Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me tell you, Neville's kind of sexy too, in a in a Neville way. Okay. He pushes the pace. He runs back on defense. Why are we putting Bolt right in? What are we doing? Can, like, what was the whole point in that? I'm gonna give you what I think, and then I'll let Austin tell you what really happened because Austin's in the know. I I I just speculate. What my speculation is, Bolt Wright is 17 and probably has a future with this team. I would assume Harry Neville's gone after this season. I can't imagine that they're going to keep him on after everything that's happened with his father. Like, he probably doesn't even want to be here anymore. Do I know that? No, again, pure speculation. But I would assume he's ready to move on. He just he heard the fans complaining. He knows that Chris is the only fan he has. So he is ready to move on somewhere else. So the, the team, I think, when they look at the young guys that they want on the field trying to help and get experience, they're going to use the kids that are going to be here for the long term. And I don't think Harvey Neville is that guy in their mind. Again, Pure speculation, but I think that that could have been what played into the fact that Boltwright got into the game instead of Harvey Neville. Harry Neville. Harvey. Um, Harvey, okay. Harvey, yeah. I, I, I respect it's the a, name, okay? Respect. Just <laughs> some fucking respect. I think it's a, I think it's a tough one because, um, you know, I, I, I also see the value in Harvey Neville as a player uh, in MLS, at least. I, I'm not sure exactly outside of that where you know he caps his his career off, but. I see the value in it, but I also see the value in, you know, Javi Morales being the interim coach and having dealt with the academy. 
playing his academy players. Like that's where I think that that comes from. Danny, I don't think you're wrong in the fact that it could be highly likely this is Harvey Neville's last tenure with with Inter Miami because of everything that happened and just you know needing a better situation for his own mental sake. Yeah, um, change the scenery for sure. A hundred percent. But I, I do think that it was more along the lines of Javi Morales is going to get his academy kids on when he can because this is his time, his tenure. He trusts them. He's grown up with them. He's taken trips with them since year one. So there's, I think that that plays into it more. Um, but I would have liked to see a Harvey, you know, appearance because I do think there, again, there's value in his style of play and, and to what especially happened in, in this game as well. Um, but um, I don't know if he's Chris, choosing not to play, I, but I don't, well, yeah, that's a little crazy. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. But Chris and I have, have both on this show for months been saying we like Harvey. Yeah. We think that yeah. he he looks like he I'm not saying he's the best thing I've ever seen. I want him starting for a championship team, but I think if, if he didn't have Neville on his back, people would be talking about him like they talk about uh David Ruiz and how they talk about uh who am I saying Noah Allen and these kids that show promise, like oh, this kid has potential. And I think they would be talking like that about Harvey if it wasn't for the fact that Neville was across the back. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, we've I've talked about it a ton with Ian and Alex on the Heron Outlet about how we rate Harvey Neville as an MLS caliber player and he doesn't deserve the kind of bashing that he was getting just for being Phil Neville's son. Like it just didn't make sense. You change the name on the back, as you said, Danny, and it's a whole different conversation that we're having. Um, So it's a little bit of an unfortunate situation, but good news for him still super young has options to explore. And I think that, you know, it'll do him better to go ahead and explore those at the end of the year. Uh, And I think that Miami as an organization will probably give him that same respect, especially with Beckham still being up there. So, Chris, you want to hate on any other kids? <laughs> it's I a just, crazy I, sentence. Listen, <laughs> I just feel like I just feel <laughs> I just feel like everybody I get it. Right. It's so easy to be. And I told you this. It's so easy to be excited about the kids. Right. Like uh, to me, that feels like the easy stance. But like to we got to be critical of these kids, too. Right. Of course. Like I said if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for the fact that we have a thousand seventy four injuries happening right now. Like these kids, I don't think. Listen, Miller is on Olympic duties or whatever, uh, on World Cup duties. Gold so Cup. If it wasn't for him being a Gold Cup duties, if if it wasn't for that, he wouldn't be playing. Frey, right? You have. If it wasn't for the fact that, yeah, you're saying. But now that Miller's, they got eliminated last night in the Gold Cup game. There's a chance that Frey still starts even after Miller comes back, whether it be next to him and three in the back, or if they go four in the back. Frey might take a starting job because Frey has played that well. Like, I understand what you're saying, that without the injuries, the young guys don't get the opportunities. But I think that that's why everybody's so excited about it. No matter, for whatever reason, they got their opportunities, they got it, and they've excelled. Like, for example, Drake Callender. Nobody thought that he was going to be what he is. But because Nick Marvin was out, he got his chance. And look at him now. Everybody, we had Joe Shaw. Joe Shaw's a, a Dallas fan. like, it, But he knows Drake Callender's top five in the league. Like, Yes, I understand that the academy players only get opportunities in certain circumstances, but I felt like they made the most out of those. The only one that probably out of those six that played yesterday that hasn't yet is Boatwright because we've only seen him two or three times this season. But I think that for the most part, the kids have performed well. I hope I, I'm not before being we disrespectful move, by referring to as kids. But. Well, I, and before we move on to the next topic here, I just want to bring up two screenshots that I took. Right Here's the first one before the goal. Right oh, God. at this point, 
at this point, look look at where Bolt Wright is. That guy's a million miles away from the person he's supposed to defend. Okay. A bolt right is right right behind the guy with the ball. Okay. And look at Taxi waiting there on his own private island. Okay. What are we doing? Then we got this play right here with the cross. Look at the ball. It's right there in front of Sergey Kristoff. You have Frey there. And he could have cut that off before it got to the next guy, 19. Well, I, I I get it. Frey, these are Frey's your, these are your kings. These are your kings. No, they're they're the future. When we think about an MLS roster, we know the MLS roster is very um, it's very unbalanced. You have your DP players, we're which not get paid yet, a lot man. of money, and then you have the rest of the roster. And when you're going to pay that much money to those top players and those tan players, you're going to have to be able to fill your team up with young guys that could fill in the rest of the roster. So that's why this academy thing excites everybody because it gives us the opportunity to fill in the rest of the roster with these, these high-level players that are going to get paid a lot of money. Like We need yeah. to count on these role players, especially when we're bringing in those older guys. Like We need somebody with some pace and energy to kind of for be sure. covering for Busquets and Messi that isn't going to get back. And what we used to say about Negri where he didn't get back on defense, Jordi Alba, he's great offensively. And I'm not saying he's bad defensively, but in a transitional league, He's going to have a hard time adjusting to getting back as often as he has to in this heat. So I, I do think that these academy players are going to play a significant role with this team moving forward. Can I switch the, the roles here for a second? Ask both of you Go a question. It. Yes. I don't want to throw off the pod completely, but no, not a lot all. of a lot of in MLS, you know, with with you know, when you talk about academies, it's you know, you look at you look at FC Dallas, you look at Philadelphia and these guys, you know, their business model is build the kids, get them on before they're 20 ship them off to Europe and those are your funds, right? That's kind of where it goes. And that's why a lot of MLS academies take so much pride in their, you know, your youth academies. You look at Vancouver with Alfonso Davies as well a couple of years ago and that just being a monumental move for Inter Miami. Where, how do you find the balance of, okay, we want to end up shipping these kids off to Europe to make some money or we want them to have, we want to have them on the supplemental roster for what Danny was just talking about. When you have the luxury of a billionaire Miami based owner, who's willing to spend the money to go ahead and get the players that he needs season after season. Like where, how do you do that? I I personally don't view our Academy and our success being geared towards trying to make a profit off of them. And I could be wrong. Maybe some people look at it as like, wouldn't that end up being, wouldn't that end up being a problem for the kids who are in that Academy saying, oh, so I'm just going to be a shadow to star players in MLS and that's my cap? Because we know Ian Frey and Ben Hakromeshki can go ahead and play in Europe at some point in their careers. I think Ben oh. ha- has an international stage lined up for him over anybody else on this roster, and, in my opinion. And, and, and I think for Ian sure. Frey does also. What what I, I didn't mean that they're not going to allow them to move or not sell them. What I mean is I don't think that that's the goal, right? Because I think that for a team like Philadelphia and Dallas, their goal is let's keep funding this franchise by getting these kids, developing them, and selling them. I think that that's not the goal. The goal is for us, I think, to get these kids, make them be productive so they can go ahead and play on the first team. And then if they have to go and move on somewhere else, go for it. But I don't think that that's the goal because I think that that, that's um, the difference between our academy with our billionaire owner and the fact that we're a hot destination. We're going to be getting big names coming here regardless. Like nobody's going to 
Philadelphia to play in November snow. Like, that's not happening. Here, we're going to attract big names without a problem. So I think that our academy is going to be to supplement the, the, the roster spots around these big names that are going to be coming here rather than, I think, like you said, Vancouver. Montreal also does it. Philadelphia, Dallas, those teams that kind of just use it to fund their franchise and pump money back into the team. I think the idea... I think the idea that you're mentioning is something that a lot of people can uh, could 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 think about in basketball terms. He culture, right? Build these guys up uh, from from low, right? Have them play and ball for your team, and then when they hit big, you get them out for big money, and with that big money, you bring in bigger guys or whatever the case is. So, I think that that's kind of what you're saying, Danny, and and somewhat of a similar fashion like the heat do you know is it's more like i mean for me you're kind of then putting yourself in a position okay where you need to hold them a little bit longer because we need value on the roster because a lot of mls you know structure is you need to have the best value for your money and that's how you end up being successful like usually the top spender in mls is not winning the league it just doesn't it, it doesn't normally happen that way um, unless you're LAFC, unless you're LAFC, of course, but mm-hmm. they struggled in a final against Philly, who was mm-hmm. not spending a lot of money. So you know, they're, right. they're, those those are the complete opposites. Those are polar opposites. For the sure. Philly model and the LA model. Yeah, that last, and Miami, yeah. Miami might be able to find a way to fit in between that, and I and I think that would be great. Yeah, I agree. I think That's that I think I think Mike V has a, a very good comment here. Every successful team in the world has the Publix model, and I could appreciate that. I work for Publix, so mix old and young, and then move them on up. Or, or move them on. That is perfect, and I loved it. And by the way, when you get a Christmas tree at Publix, tip the guy helping you with the Christmas tree, please. <laughs> okay. okay. So keeping on with the kids, right? What are we going to do with the kids when the GOAT arrives? That's the better question, right? Because the GOAT's coming with some other, uh, some other GOATies, right? What are we going to do, Danny? What's, what's the plan here? Are you going to me first? Uh, well, I think yeah. Noah Allen's going to benefit from being a backup to somebody like Jordi Alba. I think that that's going to be great for his growth. He's going to get playing time. So I think that's great. But I do think Noah Allen losing his starting job. I think Ian Frey keeps it. But I think David Ruiz is going to lose his starting job. I think uh, Benja with Stefanelli going down, Benja's going to keep playing. Uh, Boatwright, I don't think he's going to see the, the field very much longer. Um, and I don't forget somebody else, but I, I do think that a lot of them are going to go back into, you know, onto the bench, basically backup roles, but I think that they're going to benefit from it. And I think they're going to come in as subs, but I, I don't, I think this is all positives. I understand that it's going to suck for a lot of people when they see that everybody's been hyping up these homegrown players and all of a sudden they go from playing 90 minutes to not playing at all. So I get it. But remember, like they're not in their early twenties. A lot of these kids are literally not even twenty yet. I, I think that they're they're well suited for the future, and I think that they're gonna learn a lot from the players coming in. And I'm excited for it. I, I but I do think that they're gonna lose a lot of playing time. Austin, what do you think? Yeah, I think it also depends on a lot with what Tata Martino wants to do because, you know, he was asked about the academy and he said that, you know, that's the staple of the club and he wants to keep it up. The young kids, it's a promising thing. But depending on the formation he plays and exactly this, who he wants to bring in as substitutes because these guys aren't going to go 90 minutes every single game. 
I think that you will see some of them get play time. Izzy, most likely not. David Ruiz, maybe as a late, you know, six to come in. Benha, I think, is the one that probably will start games. Yep. Um, Ian Frey, too. I think that if you look at a back line of like, if you look at if, if he goes with three center backs, right? If Tata goes with three center backs, who are those three center backs? 100%, in my opinion, it's Miller, Kristoff, Frey. I think Noah Allen loses his spot there. It's Miller, Kristoff, Frey. You'll have. I Jordi Alba, of course, DeAndre Yedlin, of course, as the wingbacks, Arroyo and Busquets as a pivot. And then going forward, those three spots are just wide open other than Messi, because I don't know yep. if it's going to be Campana and Joseph. I don't know if it's going to be Benha. I don't know if it's going to be Stefanelli if he's, if he's healthy. Um, um, I think with, with Sean's comment here, I, I think that you need Arroyo because Frey has – an ability to get lost and you don't also, you also don't want somebody who wants to be on the ball a little too much with Busquets in the yeah. field. Frey loves being on the ball when he was playing CDM. He loved it. And <laughs> yeah, I think you need that, somebody like a Gregory that, that yes. is okay staying back and then helping out the defense. Arroyo Which by the way, Arroyo yeah, and Arroyo is fast. Yeah. And, and, and Sean just mentions 31 year old Arroyo and 34 Boosie, no speed. I mean, we're not talking about Ian Frey is not exactly a cheetah either, right? Like, I mean, he's he's fast, but he's he's not that fast, right? I mean, he's just pretty good. And and by the way, just so I can, you know, uh, give some context here and talking in the, about the kids in the last game, I don't think that Frey plays bad consistently. I feel like last game was an anomaly for him. It was, yes, Danny, don't, don't you can put all the faces you don't want. No, I'm not backpedaling. I'm not backpedaling. I'm just offering a little bit of cushion. You came with still talking. images and everything. Get out of my face. Listen, that last game was a that last game was a disaster well, played, for him. He had a lot of good plays, also though. He had good plays and he had bad plays, and we tied. You had good, you had bad, and you suck. How about that, uh, Chris? Do you think that the kids are going to get some playing time once Messi shows up? Listen, I think I think that um, the right kids are going to get the playing time. I think Frey's going to get. Ascona is the one time. I keep forgetting to bring up. I'm sorry, I just. Which, by the way, Ascona is like a secret beast to me. Like, I don't understand why he doesn't play often, but I guess because his his competition is pretty, it's pretty thick. Um, Ruiz is somebody that it's really shameful, not shameful because he's going to be losing his time to Busquets, but it sucks to see him not be able to get time because he he does deserve it. He busts his ass everywhere. Kramashi, that's a, that's a man. That's a man body. Yeah, okay, he's, gotta, he's getting he's he's getting playing time, no doubt about it. So, I mean, look, the kids are good, man. The kids are good, but you know, Kermaski, uh, Ian Frey, and I hope Noah Allen gets time. Those are the only kids that I see that are going to get time. Everybody else, they're going to have to kick rocks on the bench, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I, I was this, re- I was this... I was ready to cook, Lucas. Trust me, I got the recipe down and everything, Baba. This guy, uh... Danny's holding me back. This, this coming Saturday, I think Noah Allen, even when Frey comes back, I'm sorry, when Kamal Miller comes back, I still think Noah Allen starts, but I left wing back. I, I, I don't think he's going to lose his job until Jordi Alba comes back. I think the Robert Taylor ends up on the bench or playing up top where Stefanelli was supposed to be, but I don't think they keep Robert Taylor at left wing back with Noah being available. Robert Taylor has been the most invisible player of all time. Like, oh my! Does anyone God. notice him on the field when he plays as in a wing back role? Because I know not when, yeah, let's say not, not when he plays as not a when he's a wing back. Yeah, you I don't. don't yeah. I mean, it's it, the impact is like literally, it's zero. But, it's literally. But zero. You know, you know what I've noticed because I've I've no I've wondered the same thing. 
and he, he takes his defense, he, uh, well that's what i was about to say he does take his defensive assignment very seriously sometimes because he because he hesitates to push up he's constantly caught in the middle of the field when you're a wingback you're expected to push up and he hesitates especially if the ball isn't on his side of the field he'll stay back so i think that's why he disappears because he doesn't help out on the offensive end when he's a wingback because he doesn't want to get caught flat-footed i guess because on the transition so I have noticed the same. I think you lose a lot with Robert Taylor when you play him at wing back. Yeah, I, I just and, don't think it makes sense. And by the way, Mike V says that uh, that Kramaski is overrated. Listen, Ben Krem, he's a problem. Okay, Ben Krem is a Ben Krem is a problem. And when they finally put him up and took him away from right wing back, whatever they had him at, is when he started to do better. So, and that's the same thing that I feel about you know with with Taylor. I feel like when he plays a defensive wing back, whatever, what are we doing? Like, this guy wants to attack. This guy wants to make plays. He's creative. Let's let him be creative. When we're holding him, when we're pulling him back, we're holding him back, really. Well, there's oh. going to be an, an open spot coming up eventually. Come on, Lucas. Come on, Baba. Because Pizarro, I, I think he's played his final game. Strictly for the fact that because Messi's supposed to arrive, supposedly tomorrow, I don't know if that's true, but if he puts pen to paper within the next couple of days, and I would assume before Sunday when he's you know, officially introduced to the fans, you're not going to have Pizarro play Saturday night and then introduce Messi Sunday night because, well, Pizarro has to be long gone before Messi can get, put pen to paper. So I yeah. think that Pizarro has played his last Ooh. game. Oh, well, you, oh, have wait, to, but, you have to... Mm-hmm. So... It's not necessarily that messy. It's because Messi and Busquets are happening at the same time. You have to get rid of two DP spots. Right. So I know you guys. Yeah, right. Didn't they already buy down Gregory? So, no, maybe. We don't know. It's not public information. But when Michelle, Michelle, MLS is just, it's crazy with this stuff. But MLS, or Michelle Coffin in her article said that it's expected for the club to go ahead and do that when Jordi Alba was announced. We don't know if they went ahead and did that yet. Um, I don't know how that process like works in terms of like the timing and what you need to like put what paperwork in or whatever, by the way, great video on the, the game thing. I, I watched that before I jumped on great oh, job exploiting, yes. explaining all of it. Cause it's, it's really hard for a lot of people. And I've and, had to read the CBA like 20 times since 2020. It's ridiculous. And for, and for the, If anybody watched it or didn't watch it, we made a game video. And just so you know, that that's like the basic of basics with game, because there's so much else that goes into it. You get, more gam if you miss the if miss the playoffs. You get more gam if you make the Champions League. You can trade your gam. Like it's it's there's so much that goes into it, and I'm not gonna get into it now. I don't want to bore everybody, but yeah, it's so that, that's the basic of the basics. But yeah, as for Pizarro, I think I don't think it makes sense for him to play Saturday. I think you're right about that. I don't know if he'll even train this week. I don't think it really makes that much sense. I don't know if he was there today. If anyone can quote me on that, I didn't get to see. I was working. Um, but it doesn't. It wouldn't make sense time wise. So I think he has possibly played his last game for the club with the um, the Athens rumors really kicking up rather than LA Galaxy. There's there's a back and forth now. I don't know if there's a battle between the clubs for you know compensation and what Inter Miami are trying to like leverage. Um, but that that's an interesting development and something I'm keeping eyes on because maybe Miami's just trying to play their cards right and get the most value out of a player yeah. that they have to have gone. It's kind of a hard sell, but. It is. They're, they're going to do it. But when you have a bidding war, then all of a sudden, then you, you can't sit back and let them kind of just go ahead and see what they offer. Uh, uh, I listen to the Heron Outlet. I love you guys. You guys do a great job. Thank you. 
but you guys were shitting on Pizarro for his performance over the last couple of weeks. I thought he played well over the last couple of weeks. Now, if your stance, obviously, I can't talk to you guys while you're, I'm listening to you guys. But I wasn't sure. Were you guys referring to him solely based on the fact that he's a DP player? Because before last game, last game, I know he, but I, I can't imagine what he was mentally or last game. But before last game, I thought he was playing pretty good. Uh, not contract aside, I thought he was creating opportunities. Like he's the one that created that one-on-one opportunity for Joseph and the goalie where he, where Joseph obviously he muffed it, but I thought Pisado was playing well. You don't agree? No, I think he had good moments. Don't don't get me wrong, but it's hard to be like contract aside. I can't say that. Okay. I, I like I, I, I can think see that. I can see for that. For years, for years, he has been with this club and taken up a spot. We've had to, you know, make moves for him to literally leave the team to open up another spot to make the playoffs, like with Pozuelo coming in. So like yeah. it, it's hard to say like contract aside. Yeah, it's hard to say contract aside. It's hard to say positive things like that because that is the bare minimum to set up one Joseph chance it to is. set up. I mean, I, but I thought he would look personally. I thought that he had the Austin game and the Columbus game. I thought he played very well. I thought he was active. He was creating chances. He was finding people in the attack. He was playing a lot of forward passes. That That's what I thought. But I knew that he, he's not a DP player. No, no. Before the season started, I was praying that he would go somewhere else. Please, somebody take him. But I knew that they wouldn't, and he is here. So I tried my best to be unbiased when watching him. And I thought to myself, if he was getting paid five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand, or the six hundred fifty-one thousand two fifty—that's the max—I would have been like, I'm okay with this guy playing next to Messi. Once you bring the DP next into it, I, I no, would have been—I I would have been no okay with way. it. Yes, I mean, maybe yes. maybe those two yes. performances, but watch that. Okay, the DC game—he was atrocious. Like but, I, I, think I, I don't terrible. think he thought he was going to be on the team no, anymore. He, yeah, he, he was already he's, like, <laughs> he's like, oh man, I'm starting today. Yeah, he's like, what the <laughs> hell? I'm still on this team. I thought I was already in LA. So he probably imagined himself getting bought a ticket back <laughs> yes. home. I, I don't. I think he was extremely shocked that he was playing that game on Saturday because after that well, interview he gave the the game after before, yeah, the game before. I think he was pretty like, that's it. I'm done with this club, right? He took off the shirt. He gave it to a fan. He like walked around the stadium. That was like his swan songs for some, whatever reason. So I was, I think he was more surprised than we were to see him on Saturday. Well, and I think it's a little bit of the discussion that we had a couple episodes ago, Danny, where it's like, we were talking about Pizarro, how well he looked, but since he has the stigma of the DP position, right? The DP slot. Like at this point, you know, of course, you gotta take the take the DP along and just be like, come on, you're not performing. Sucks. Here's a ticket to wherever the hell you want to go. Uh I don't know what Vaca Loca means, which is the guy that runs around with fireworks displays on his back. Zero directional coordination. Now, um, you know who I see with that description that Mike V just gave? I compare Stefanelli to somebody that runs out there and is just there for the cardio. Like, I've gone out yeah. there to play, like, six-on-six six indoor, and these people are like, yeah, I'm just here for the cardio. I just like to run. I get my car, I get my steps in. And that's how I see Stefanelli. I see him produce nothing positive, mm-hmm. but he's just running around like a madman. So I, I give him that he he's not just, you know, lollygagging, but to me, he does nothing productive. So to that vaca loca or, la, or whatever he wrote, I, I see Stefanelli as that guy. He's that cardio guy. But um, I've never rated... Stefanelli, I've never rated Coco Jean. 
I've never. Well, I guess I did rate Pizarro early on. I thought that you know, he, I still think Pizarro is like a like a foundational piece to this club. Like he'll always be remembered, and it sucks that it's gonna like go down in vain. But at the same time, it's kind of like ah, Pizarro. How nice was that time? And like to like grow to like where we are now. It's kind of crazy to think about and look back. But I, I've never really rated Stefanelli or Coco, and I see them both as the same way. Coco. For me, when he was on, and it's probably terrible to be bashing him while he's touring ACL, but I, I see I see them in the same light, and that like they're being paid way too much money as well for the value they put on the pitch. Like they aren't productive in any way, yeah. and as attackers, there's no value in that, and that's why Messi coming is the biggest deal of all time. And I don't want to talk about Pizarro anymore. I promise for those listening, I know you guys are tired of hearing Pizarro. He's We're gone, done. so it's over. But just real quick, one last thing about Pizarro. I want to say heading into this uh, into this season, the most goals he had ever scored, like in his career for a season, was like five or six. Like yeah. he's not a goal scorer. Hmm. So if anybody thought that he was going to produce that, that's not his game. He's supposed to create. That. So I mean, yes, it's it's the front office's fault for paying him that much to give us, you know, the expectations. But and also he wasn't our first DP. That piece of crap Pellegrini was our first DP. For those of you saying that everybody remembers him as the first DP. He wasn't. He was a first goal, but Pellegrini, yes. which was even worse than the Pizarro signing, was uh, our first official. Uh, you DP. paid sixteen million for Pizarro, though. Yeah, yeah, no, he's that, the biggest mistake. He's the biggest. Yeah, mistake. okay. Well, uh, no, Pellegrini might be the biggest mistake because the sanctions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was rough. That was rough. All right, so uh, according to was it Michelle Kaufman that had it first? I don't. I don't want to give the wrong person credit. So. Somebody had it first. I don't know if you guys remember. But Jordi Alba, officially a TAM. I know everybody's been talking about it, but somebody finally made the official report. I apologize. I don't remember who it was off the top of my head right now. But he's officially going to be a TAM player. We kind of expected that because they don't have any more DP spots, and he's coming in on a discount to play with his boys. Now, I don't know what that means coming next year because I don't know if he's going to be okay playing for just $1.6 million for the next two years after this one. But for now, that's what he's playing for. He's playing for half of that because it's half the season. So, like, a little under a million. What do you think of the Jordi Alba signing, Austin? I mean, it's great for the money that it is. And I, I think that, you know, I've That's had a great. lot of conversations with a lot of the people around the club and, and about what was going on, especially when Negri was healthy. It was like, why Jordi Alba? Why? Why do we need to bring in a left back when, you know, you have Noah Allen, you have Negri who's, you know, playing as a starter. I'm not saying he was at like a worldy level either, but he was playing as a starter, um, you had enough options there. And now with Negri going out, it's like, who the hell is going to be the starter? So Jordy, co Jordy coming in, yeah, perfect timing. Unfortunate for Negri, of course, and I really hope him all the best in his recovery. But this is not only like a good value signing for Inter Miami to bring in, you know, Messi and his friends, but it fills a position of need. I I'm not yeah. going to go out and say like right now that, well, yeah, I guess every single one, Busquets, Messi, and Alba are all filling positions. See, there's no creator. There's no number six other than Arroyo and yep. Ruiz, who are too too young and inexperienced, and then without a left back. So it fits a position of need really, really, really well. And I think yeah. that the value of this signing is one of the best Miami could have. That might be a lot to say, but it could be. Chris, what do you well, think about Jordi Alba? It, it, it's either that or, or try to get Kieran Gibbs down from the booth, right? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jordi Alba at this point is like, okay, we'll take you. You're part of the package deal. You know, unfortunately, it's part of the package deal. But, hey, it's like you said, it's filling a space that needs to be filled. I mean, Negri, to me, he was super hot and cold anyway. Um, and then Noah Allen, if he didn't get injured so seriously, 
I think that Noah Allen could have been a pretty solidified position starter? in the team. Yeah, I think that he would have been a solidified starter because he was uh, – the trajectory was upward for him. So uh, Austin, I mean, you have to get... understand we're we're Noah Allen fanboys here. I'm okay oh, yeah, with that. Don't forget. I'm, a, we, I'm yeah. I we, love we were, Noah. We were making Noah Allen t-shirts last year before we the old store opened and everything. We we love Noah yes. Allen. So yes, Noah Allen is that guy. So I, I mean, but I agree. yeah, go ahead, Austin. No, I was gonna say I was really lucky. I don't know if you guys have been able to see it, but last year at the beginning of the year, I was super, super lucky. I did a personal piece on Noah for five reasons sports about his journey from the academy to the first team. Um, when he signed that deal, it's on. I can send it over to you guys. It did like yeah, a whole piece on him. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I love Noah Allen. The whole family's great too. Um, and shout out to him for for everything. And Andres, thank you so much, dude. It's crazy to see stuff like that. Thank you. Yeah, man. So, uh, like Austin was saying, Jordi Alba fills a need, one that we didn't realize we were gonna need. Because I remember when those rumors started a couple months ago, we're like, why Jordi Alba? Makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. We, we even have Harvey Neville is what we were saying at the time. Now, all of a sudden, Negri goes down. Harvey Neville doesn't play. Boatwright's the only other option. Chris is upset about it. So we need Jordi Alba. And Jordi Alba is world class. And he's only 34 years old. He, I I, I don't think he was a consistent starter for Barcelona anymore. But he started consistently for Spain this past, I think it was League's Cup. So Jordi Alba is still a world-class player. So I am very excited to see him play. If you were happy with Negri, Jordi Alba does what Negri does, but he does it better. So I, I, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see the overlapping runs with him and Messi. Like, I think Jordi Alba might be the most underrated acquisition we have this transfer window because I don't think anybody's expecting too much from him. And you're going to be really excited when you see his production when he comes up that left flank. And he's a ranked 85 in FIFA. Like, I'll take that any day <laughs> of the week, Danny. You kidding me? I, 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 I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey, look, Esteban Andito showed up. I haven't seen him in a while. What's going on, Esteban? All right. So we are 18 points, eight points off of ninth place. So I'm just going to ask you just straight up. What do you think of our playoff chances, Austin? Would you be mad if I said I don't care? I wouldn't because be mad, but I would I, be disappointed. Well, okay. Here, How about this? Would you trade making the playoffs for winning League's Cup and U.S. Open Cup? You don't watch the show very often. I hate the Open <laughs> Cup and the League's Cup. But okay, okay. So so can I can I uh, since I have not heard you talk about this, yeah. why? What's the because goal? I, he me, feels the, like they're the little baby the MLS cups. Cup. Like yeah, the MLS Cup. Now I know what what's gonna happen in the chat right now. Should we show him the this. picture that we have, Danny, or what? <laughs> so yeah, go ahead, pull it up. So th- this yeah. is how I see the Open Cup and the League's Cup. This is this is what I see. And to me, it, it, it doesn't – personally, I don't care for it. I don't care about La Copa del Rey. I don't care about the FA Cup. Like, I get it because that's what they dangle in front of all the little clubs in those non-parity leagues. It's like, hey, but maybe you can win one of these. You know, these are nice too. So, like, I get it, but I want to win the MLS Cup. So that's what I want. Okay, now, okay, so when it comes – I'm sorry to cut you off just real no, quick because I, I know the chat's going to bring up the Champions League. Yes. That is why I want to win Open Cup or League's Cup because I want to be in the Champions League. That's the ultimate goal for a, a club here in the United States. So for that reason, yes, go ahead and try to win the Open Cup or the League's Cup. But in reality, if I could choose out of the three, 
I don't care about those other two. I really don't. And my understanding is, historically, Tata doesn't care about them either. Because when he was with Atlanta, he wouldn't put his starting 11 for any of those. Well, at least Cup didn't exist at the time. But the Open Cup, he wouldn't take it seriously. You're two games away from a Champions League berth in the U.S. Open Cup. There's that, okay? Yeah, so you that's have to. Why this you, year have sure. to you have to, yeah. 100%. Yes. For League's Cup, you have the greatest player of all time debuting. So normally, Danny, I agree with you. Focus on the league, get to the playoffs because anything can happen. That's how I've always believed with Inter Miami was that, like even with Diego Alonso, that Mikey Ambrose goal against FC Cincinnati that, that put them in into the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. Oh, anything can happen, guys. We're we're in. The, it's the same thing with the Miami Heat for the Panthers this last season. You can get there as long as you get in. Yeah. Right now, I'm almost seeing it as as too far gone. Get me in the Champions League, put me on an international stage, and then worry yes. about the league next year because. Is it a fight worth fighting for? Great. Yes. It, it could be because you have only two games in U.S. Open Cup and League's Cup is going to take place during a break within the league. You have one game in August and one game in September for Open Cup. So maybe it is something worth fighting for. But in my opinion, the focus should be get into the Champions League, start prepping in the in the winter to when you have to play these awfully timed Champions League games yeah. and go from there. I, I want them to do well don't don't get me wrong i want them to do well in the league and if they can make a miraculous run to get into a, a good playoff standing great awesome but if we get into that dance nobody wants to see us in the playoffs fair that and that's fair that's very true because if, if they're developed by that time because that's that's 12 games down the line plus more with yeah. leagues cup and us Open right Cup. at that point nobody wants to see Messi and friends or Messi right. and kids in right. the playoffs I, I agree agree and i think they would have a, a great chance but they are really far behind. So it's my priority if I'm Tata is – and I, if I'm the ownership, actually, if I'm ownership, and I'm David Beckham, Jorge Mas, Tata, please go get me onto an international stage and go get me two trophies because we need that. We need that. I, 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 I'm with you. Now, just real quick, DC United has played 23 games. We've played 21. They're the eighth seed right now. If hypothetically we can get four points out of the next two games, right? So so to match up 23 games to 23 games, at that point, we are only, and I'm just putting four points, we're eight points behind them, them, the eighth seed. And then we have Messi and friends for 12 games, and the majority of the competition are all the teams that we need to jump to get into the playoffs. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying that there's still a good chance, so I wouldn't throw it away is all I'm saying. I wouldn't throw it away because I still think that there's a chance. Now, if we go on like a three-game losing streak, Messi's first three games because they still have to adjust or whatnot, then it's out of the question. But I, I think that we still have a good chance. Danny, I'm formally re- – and Chris, you're going to have to tell me. I'm formally requesting not to be invited onto the show if they miss the playoffs because I won't be able to take Danny's heartbreak <laughs> if they don't make it. Like I am I'm, – I'm like already at a point where, oh, God, it, it, like the hopes are so high, but I just – I don't I, I don't want to put myself I, I, in that position – because I, I just feel I have like the to. letdown have is to. there. I'd Let's rather say, just focus on two games in the U.S. Open Cup and lift a trophy. But, but Listen, we're playing against Cincinnati, to... though. In Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't but... care. You have Messi. In August, you have time to develop. Uh, you know what? We, we play a game August 20th against Charlotte at home. That's the first yep. regular season game we come yep. back. Then we play Cincinnati August 23rd. Yep. Is Messi playing August 20th against Charlotte here in Drive Pink? Because question. I would assume that... Like, I want to make the playoffs, and I think they should take the Charlotte game seriously. But I understand Champions Cup, U.S. Open Cup, you need to win 20 to third. There's a chance that Messi doesn't play much August and, 20th here at home. And there's more There's more riding on just that semifinals that 
you're likely to host a final because I think Houston's going to win their game at home against Salt Lake. I'm not going to say that's what you have to bank your chances off of, but you can host right. a final. But Houston September. has to win, right? Uh-huh. But Houston's got to win. Listen, yeah. You're talking to Danny who didn't want to go to the Miami FC game, which is closer to his house than Drive Pink. <laughs> like, why, why, but why do I want to watch that? Like, listen, I, I, I can't. I, Austin, if if Austin, if I put forth effort, I couldn't care less about the U.S. Open Cup, and that's me putting that's forth effort. Crazy! It makes absolutely. It, you're beating little Miami FC. Who the hell cares about Miami FC? Uh, okay, like, fair. I like U.S. Open Cup more for the for the. <laughs> they've been terrible this year, by the way. After letting go of, uh, uh, I get uh, emails uh, every week. Every week I get emails. I like their jerseys. Yeah, but Anthony Poulos, that that was the coach they let go. That was Phil Neville's assistant. Um, which, by I, the way, Inter Miami fans wanted him for Phil Neville. Crazy. I'm looking at you, Facebook people. That's crazy. <laughs> that's cra- in the Inter Miami fan club Facebook. That's crazy. But nonetheless, <laughs> well, I'm a crazy person. Uh oh. I was about to say Sean doesn't like me, but it was somebody else that wanted to beat me up last year, last episode. I forgot what his name was. Started with a B. I forgot. <laughs> All right. Um, well, again, I, I still think we have a chance. Um, I'm, I'm not with you, Austin. I still hope we make it. I, but I am gonna go ahead and we were doing pretty awful against. Yes, I I know we were doing awful against Miami FC, uh, uh, Broward Heron. I, I understand that. I just I, I want to play against other top level teams in the tournament that's why if i had to pick one i pick leagues cup over open cup and i know everybody's like oh but you know it's the tradition you get to play against the lower teams in your city like i don't care like that matters in england when like england's the size of florida and you're playing against neighborhoods that you literally like one stadium you can probably see the other stadium from your stadium like i understand why that matters over there over here we're so spread out like i don't care about beating alabama birmingham or what like I don't know who that is. I found out that that team existed right before we played them. <laughs> and then we beat them and I forgot about them. Like the U.S. Open Cup, I think is silly. And I don't think, I don't understand why people take it that serious. And for the record, uh, our, our commissioner doesn't seem to take it too seriously either. That's true. I, I think it's more for the the smaller teams. I'm not going to, I agree, Daniel, that it, it's it's more for the smaller teams rather than an MLS club saying like, this is the most important competition. It's not, but if you are lucky enough for your second team to get you all the way to a position that Miami are in right now, then you take it serious. And I agree with that kind of formatting. But for the USL teams and the USL League One teams, and even for... Sacramento last year. Right, exactly, which I wish they would have beat in Orlando. Um, But I I also see the value in the US Open Cup, and this is just kind of on a local level. It does get like that, like FA Cup, when you talk about the qualifying rounds. And I will take you out to a game next year when they have qualifying. Actually, this year, later in September, we'll go to some <laughs> random eyes. park in the middle this of guy, like nowhere in West Palm Beach and watch two random clubs you've never heard of battle it out to try and get a U.S. Open Cup spot. I'm Do telling I have to you, pay? This, no, it's free. Okay, well, see, I'll go free. Chris wanted see? me to spend like twenty bucks on the Miami FC. I'm not paying no twenty bucks. <laughs> it's not like I go by it myself. I, I go with my 15, family. It's eighty bro. bucks. Am I going to take me and my family for 80 bucks? And then my kids are asking for popcorn, ice cream. My son gets tired by the second half. It's too much of a hassle for a U.S. Open. Game. Listen, you you could have gotten a freaking Cuban sandwich from outside of FIU Stadium for like four bucks. Like fed yeah, your whole they family. They had some good food know? trucks, dude. They had some good food trucks. Nah, yeah. I thought I believed. No, but Danny doesn't know because he didn't go because he's an ass. So right. still sticking with local level, Austin. And thank you for the reminder here. Uh, guys, for all of you that are still tuning in, 
please, please do yourself a favor and get the license plate. I'm only saying it because my wife got me the license plate. I love her. Thank you for that. But I can't get the license plate because we're still missing 1,400 other people to get the license plate. That's a okay. Lot. Let's let's try to beat out Dan Marino. Okay, guys? Let's try well, to beat the Dan Marino plate and go get we were, the freaking plate, please. We were talking to Traveler about this last week after our show was over. And he said that Orlando did something that was pretty interesting is that they had people signing up for the plate in the stadium. Yeah. And I, I don't know if – I don't want to quote him because I don't remember exactly, but I think he explained something about they waived some type of fee. We're not that far, Sean. So regardless, what I think – I think it would be a great idea if Inter-Miami does something like that where you go and you have people sign up for that in the stadium – People don't know that this is a thing. Hopefully watching this, some more people might actually realize we have a potential license plate. We just need more people to sign up for it. And also, if you're watching and you work for the team, you're a rep or whatever, bring it up to somebody. Go ahead and see if somebody can bring these sign-up sheets into the stadium because I promise you, if you put that out there by gate one or gate three or one of those gates, you'll get people signing up for this, especially if you could waive whatever fee it is that Crab was telling us about. So do that because we would. I would love to have that plate. I haven't gone because every time I talk to Chris about it, he's like, "Yeah, we still like need another 2000 I'm like, "Yeah, okay, I'll just wait." Listen, so, I, I just so I can respond back to Sean where he's saying we're not beating Dan Marino. Dan Marino's stupid plates only sold 691. He still needs 2,300. Guy doesn't even have a Super Bowl. Okay, we have. <laughs> 556 <laughs> and we're still missing 2,444. Dan Marino, go win a Super Bowl, bro. You're <laughs> not even top five. Oy. Well, somebody that has won trophies. That might be a little man, drastic. That might be goat. a little drastic. Yes, I agree okay. with that, Austin. No, I, But I'm just, I, I have to no, ride no, with no. it. I, I, I am with you, Chris. I back you on that one. All right. Everybody's going to hate me now. They hate you already. So on Sunday, we finally have somebody in Miami that has won trophies, and that is Leo Messi. It was announced 8 o'clock. We're finally going to get that season ticket holders event. This have you heard football podcast? Have you heard anything? If, if you want to talk football, there's a battered Finns fans where we talk Dolphins. If you, if yes. you ever want to join in, that's going to go live Tuesdays at 8 o'clock starting next Tuesday. All right. Um, have you heard anything about Sunday's um, event that maybe we haven't heard already? Because all we've heard is it's Sunday, it's 8 o'clock, within the next 24 hours, people are going to be able to RSVP. Have you heard anything else about that event? Uh, live entertainment. That I don't know if you had heard as well. Live entertainment, um, a lot of you know, speeches, I'm assuming, from all of the big names, Jorge Mas, David Beckham, I think could be in town. I think the Beckhams are in town, so you can expect that as well. Um free for season ticket holders, which is what has been reported as well. Other than that, not much. Um, I think it's called the unveil. Uh, I think that that's what they're naming it. And that's what I had to apply for on the media credentials. It's called the unveil uh, under a like special presentation kind of thing. There's not much other than that. There, there isn't yeah. a lot of information out right now that I could go ahead and like, actually, I, I don't know it. If I, if I did, I, I don't know if I could say it, but if I could, I, I don't, I just don't have it. And right, I right, wish right, I right. did. Um, I do think that a lot we'll hear a lot more within the next couple of days. I think tomorrow, possibly on July 11th, whenever you're listening to this, there's a possible, you know, 
couple of announcements coming up to where it will be talked about formally. It's just that Miami can't say anything without pen to paper. Right. They, they really can't say much. They say the unveil for presentation of players, but they don't say who they're not allowed to, not even in the press release. So I read the entire press release and I did not see Messi's name one time. It's right. just kind of, you have to imply these things as of right now. Right. So I think that um, for the most part, it's kind of just what you are expecting right now. I will say this, expect a lot of people because I think that they're expecting a lot of people. Obviously the media check-in is at five o'clock and the event is not until after eight. So a three hour window for when the media is able to get there, that, that points to all signs of it's going to be packed. It's going to be, it's going to be a movie. Oh my God. And I think that this this will be the first time we see the new security levels as well. Keep an eye on that. Um, It's going to be nuts. Well, and hopefully they're better than last time because we still got kids running on the field. Like if it's, you know, no problem, which I mean, you know, God bless them. Let them have their fun. Hopefully they don't get arrested. Every, every don't encourage that. It's so so I'm dumb. Not to encouraging run out the it, but I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna do it, at least try to juke a couple security guards on your way to go see a player. Don't just drop on the floor. Is that for no mm. reason? What are we doing? You know, um, you're gonna do it. Do it big. Uh, just right? real quick. No, no, Danny. No, no. Uh, no just real don't. quick. Uh, it's battered Finns fans, not battered. Oh, Dolphins I'm sorry. Fans. Sorry. All good. Uh, um. I know that we said that everybody's type-lipped about the whole messy thing. Everybody's usually type-lipped about everything except for David Beckham. I don't think he cares. He went, he started taking pictures with the mural, right? He he, he was like showing off the, the, the jerseys before they actually got officially released. So David Beckham doesn't seem to care. He basically let us know Messi's coming. Same with Jorge. I would say Mas doesn't care either. Yes, Jorge Mas is, right. I mean, the owners can do whatever they want. They own the team. But it, for like yeah. the front office stake and the PR stake, they have to be very, very careful because – with MLS and contracts and everything like that, it gets really dicey. So from that level, you have to be careful, but the owners can pretty much do whatever. If they're confident in the signing, they can say what they want, but as a club, you can't really say much. Do you think we're going to get a third player coming in outside of Jordi, Sergio and Messi? I'm a fourth player. I'm sorry. Um, If we do, I expect U 22s. And I'm, I'm hoping so because then if not, I, I would say this, if it's not U22s, I would be shocked because they're keeping Campana on the roster as a DP. So I think that there's reason behind that. If they were able to go out and get somebody on a DP level, they would just buy down Campana, forget the U22s, and go ahead and get another big name. They're not afraid to do that. Uh, but with the longevity of how this Campana deal has went, and he's still a DP, and there's no rumors around anything else, and they've been very pointed on their stance of this is a future player for Miami. Uh, we see him in terms of the plans. They're going to probably go ahead and take advantage of that initiative. Um, hopefully better than a lot of MLS clubs have. For sure. Uh, and I don't know if you had a chance. Did you see all the murals popping up? I did. We've um, one of the, uh, the help, the contributors with Messi and co saw one in Miami and posted it today and it got a lot of love and I saw it too. And I, I mean, I want to go to Winwood just to see them. Like I, I, yeah, I would, I, I would dope. literally drive down there. I live in Broward. I would drive down there just to see them. Well, there's um, a couple. Yeah. There's a couple, and they started way early too, way early. But there was one yeah. that was posted today that was I thought was absolutely beautiful. Um, it's just it's gonna it speaks volumes. I'll say that it does. Yeah, it's super nice, super nice. 
All right, Austin, as we wind down, uh, we went way over what we usually do, but all good. We love talking to you, Austin. Sorry we're keeping Thanks. you so long. No, no, no. I That's love what happens when you guys have a good time, and thank you guys for the chat. Austin is fucking awesome. <laughs> no, nah, this has all been right. a ton of fun, guys. Ton. So, Austin, we usually have uh, an episode on Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock where we preview the, pre- uh, the coming game, but you won't be with us on Wednesday. So, figure we can get your thoughts on st louis today i guess we'll give our thoughts on wednesday i'll just tell you that i think we got a chance what do you think i haven't watched a lot of western teams that happens every single mls year i don't watch the west if i don't have to um but for miami's sake with tata being there having the entire week i do fancy chances to get a result i don't think that this team played scared away from home against dc under javi morales i think that you won't have any roster changes leading up to the match and these young kids after that performance are going to have extremely high confidence levels and as much as you know ability on the field matters i do put a lot of value in these kids playing confidently because they do have the ability um and this might just seem like a cop-out answer but i'm i'm backing the kids to to go ahead and get another result um i think there's fight there and this seems like such a pr answer and i'm like vomiting in my own mouth but i, I think that they have a, a really good chance to get something done I think that the defense does need to tighten up for Chris's sake, uh, for his mental sake, because if not, we're going to get so many more screenshots in the next episode that I I can't wait (laughs) to tune into. Um, I just, I want them to go ahead and do it. I want to see two strikers, by the way. I hope there's two strikers. They got to find a way to score goals in a, in a good manner. Um, St. Louis is going to be tough to crack and they're also going to be tough to stop. So um, it's going to be a test, but it's a test that I'm ready to see because I think they could live up to it before Messi comes. That is historically just very aggressive as a coach. Yes, yes. So, you need that against the same side. Listen, Danny, so we're going to do it, right? Lucas just came on, said, Chris, don't forget the question. New guest. It has to come. But before I get to the question, I need to tell all of you guys, you guys, Swipe on your phone every single day, one billion times a day. Do us a favor, move that thumb, subscribe to the channel, <laughs> press like. Don't be lazy, bro. If this is like the second time or more that you've watched us, do us a favor, bro. Press a couple buttons, all right? It literally takes you two seconds. Now, <laughs> back to where we're going, okay? We got this puppy right here. For those that are listening, we got five pieces of steak, six pieces of toast. And if you're still listening and haven't seen this picture, you need to get on YouTube and do the same functions with the buttons. So Austin, where are we going with these steaks and toasts? I was hoping this was coming. I really was. <laughs> I, I did yes, see this yes. with Fernando Fiore. Um, yes. So, oh man, this I've never been asked this publicly before. I'm I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a I'm a three Be honest. guy. I'm a 3-3 guy. I'm a 3-3 guy. I I don't believe you, Austin. I'm a 3-3 guy. No, I'm actually, sometimes I like a two for the steak. Toast, I do not like at a four at all. If it's a number four, I'm not happy with it. It has to be like a golden brown. Same thing with marshmallows. It's got to be golden brown. If it has a little bit of black to it, I'm not a fan. Three is a good steak for me. If I'm cooking at home, I most likely goes to two. If I order at a restaurant, I go into a three just to, you know, I get scared a little bit when I go to a restaurant. So um, I go three for the toast and three for the steak. You, you, I felt like you almost said two for the toast, but you went back to three. So we're, we're good. No, no, no. The, the two, I mean, I didn't even see anything on the toast for number two, but I think it's three, three. Jonathan, thank right. you. Broward Heron, thank you. I, 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 I've been locked in. I was ready for that. <laughs> Let me tell you so. There's some people that have toasted on one. Basically yes. just bread. It's Why? not even yes. toast. How I, do you spread the butter? 
That, that's a great. Maybe they 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 whipped what Pam are, on it. Pam. That's crazy, that's <laughs> no, please no. No, I, I don't. I, I don't understand it either. All right. Well, uh, we've gone way over, but again, when you're having a good time, kind of, I, I just lost track of time. Austin, thank you for joining us. Let everybody know where they can find you. All the like million things that you do. <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Everything's there at Austin Robillard. It's right below just my name. Um, Five Reasons Sports Network. I've been with them since 2019 uh, doing articles and, you know, local soccer coverage. We just started the Messi and Co podcast. Uh, we have English and Spanish versions of it. So if you want to check that out, you can. Obviously, with the Heron Outlet, I've been with them for a couple of years. Ian and Alex are absolutely amazing and have bared with me through this really busy time. Uh, so I want to thank them, of course, and give them a shout out. They've been doing an amazing job. I think they're two of the most respected reporters in the game. Um, we'll go ahead and follow the Heron Outlet. They deserve all the love there. Um, and yeah, the Heron Outlet, Five Reasons Sports, Messi and Co. And my personal Twitter, you'll find everything. And I, I want to say again, Battered Herons, you guys are doing an outstanding job. The consistency levels are great. I think it's something that a lot of people take for granted. It takes a lot of work to go ahead and do this uh, every single week, multiple times a week. So a shout out to you guys. And I am more of a fan than I ever was. And um, I appreciate everything that you guys do. And I'll be wearing my shirt very, very shortly. I appreciate that. Awesome. And thank you for that shirt. If you guys want, go ahead, batteredfans.com. If you put in Messi10, that's a promo code to get 10% off everything up until Messi's debut. And look at Manchester United. Okay. Uh, Lucas is in the chat, man. I, I have to represent. Okay. I have. I got Old Trafford in the back there. I, I, it's a huge thing for me. I, look, we're about to go off a tangent, but I need to know. Have you ever been to Old Trafford? Because that's a dream of mine. It's a dream of mine, too. And I've not even okay. been to Europe. I've only been to Asia. So I, I okay. need to go to Europe in general. Wow, you went to Asia before Europe. You are a, not a normal, very unique. Yeah. yeah, you're a very unique person. <laughs> Let me tell you, usually it's like Europe and, and everything else. Yeah, yeah that's, that's interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chris, anything for the people? You're an asshole. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate it. As always, I hate you. And uh, if you are listening on audio, thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you are watching on YouTube, thank you for watching all the way to the end. And everybody that's still in the chat, we appreciate you guys. You guys are the best part of this show. And he said 10% off of 150 bucks isn't a lot, bro. That's 15 bucks, man. That's 15 bucks, bro. You're going to have 15 more bucks later than you did. That, 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 that's, that's the shipping. No, that's, that's more than the shipping. Jeez, yeah, people are ungrateful, that. man. <laughs> look, look, right. Sean. If you got if you got a problem with my Marino comments, go ahead and take it to the battered fins fans. We'll go ahead and uh, we'll post that up later too. So, yeah. So again, thank you everybody for watching, listening, and joining in. And as always, have a good one. We'll catch you guys on Wednesday. <laughs>